This is Leaders Lens, the show that reveals what it really takes to become a great leader. I'm Jacob Espinoza, a Fortune 500 leadership consultant and director of creator success at Workweek. Let's go. People who use their strengths every day are 12.5% more productive, six times as likely to be engaged in their job. And obviously engagement is directly tied to productivity, improving the bottom line, and also just everyone's experience at the organization when folks are engaged and they're doing things that they are good at and and speak to kind of those deepest talents that they have, they're more likely to be engaged and and do the work and also go above and beyond. Ashley, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. Feeling really good. How are you today? I'm great. Any day I get to talk about strengths with a good friend is is a pretty good day. So I appreciate you being here. And I have to say, when I uh, joined Workweek and learned that there was another Gallup Strength Finder coach on the team, I was pretty thrilled because the idea of strengths and how focusing on strengths can impact our lives, it, it was a groundbreaking for me and how I lead. So it was a big deal. I'm happy to have you have you here. And as we get started, we have a question for the audience. I hope we can, we'll be able to put on the on the screen. But if you could have one superpower kind of going along the the idea of strengths. And if you're joining us for the live on LinkedIn right now, we would love to hear from all of you. But if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ashley, do you have one that comes to mind that this would be be your superpower? I think I would have the ability to fly. And it's a very specific reason behind that because I have a massive fear of heights. And I feel like if I could fly, it would just be exposure therapy. So I wouldn't have this fear of heights anymore. I love to like rock climb. I love to mountain bike. I love to hike. And there are moments where I'm just like, I, I know I can't do that specific hike where I can't go down this mountain because I'm just so terrified of it. So I think just like being able to fly would be really helpful. I love that answer. I do. And I, I share your fear of heights. Like it's the one thing for me that makes me a little bit nervous. Like skydiving is a thing at some point in my life I need to do just to prove to myself that I can do it. Because yeah, heights heights aren't the most fun. That's that's a good answer there. I think for me, I would it's either that or the invincibility thing. I, maybe it's like a similar reason as far as why, but just be able to have bullets bounce off of you. You know what I mean? Just take the full Superman approach would be would be pretty extraordinary. Just the freedom that comes with that is a big deal. And Jackie, thanks for joining the conversation here. Um, teleports like you get extra time normally spent during travel, hundred percent. I think the closest thing we have to teleport is working from home, but teleport would be a, would be a nice, nice bonus for sure. So thank you, Jackie. The time travel, well, that's a good one. And Leanne, I'd love to hear from you. Like where would, what, what's the place and time that you would travel um, if you could go? I'm like thinking through for me where that would be. I think it'd be fun to see my parents when they were younger, and mm-hmm. how they interacted in high school wow. when they were kids. I think that would be a lot of fun. That would be a lot of fun. I feel like you would find a lot of cool insights as to like why you are the way that you are because you could see you know those qualities in, in them i think that'd be really fun that's a, that's yeah, a really good uh it's a good thought you can see the origin story right yeah <laughs> that's right yeah awesome well let's get kicked off here start talking about strengths and first i do want to say thank you of course to miss ashley our trip co-founder and president of mission collaborative which is a career design firm that helps professionals of all ages and backgrounds transition into a career they love Ashley is also on the team here at Workweek as the head of education. And before founding Mission Collaborative, you worked at Gallup, where you helped teams create engaged cultures. 
and focusing on strengths is a, is a big part of that. So Ashley, thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate you. I love the welcome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is really great. It, I really appreciate you asking me to be here today. Anytime I can talk about strengths, it just makes me so happy. I started my career at Gallup. So I was indoctrinated very early on in my career around the power of strengths. And it's been so formative to developing my own career. And and obviously everything that I do now, both at Workweek and what I was doing with Mission Collaborative, has strengths in mind. And I just think that it's it's so impactful. And I'm really excited about this conversation today, talking about it in a team setting. And I guess before we kind of dive into this stuff, my top five strengths are individualization, discipline, competition, developer, and futuristic. So for those who are familiar with the Gallup terms already, those are my top five and they very much resonate with me. So happy to be here. Thanks, Jacob. I love it. I'm excited. So let's, let's start at the top, right? Start with the end in mind. Why is it important for companies to focus on strengths? What's in it for a business to have this as a priority? I think there are so many different arguments you can make from an interpersonal level to how does this impact the bottom line of an organization? I have some stats here. I'm obviously, you know, as a former former Gallup employee, we're kind of prepared to always speak on on the uh, on the efficiencies here of, of wide strengths. But just some stats here that I think are really important and worth sharing are that teams that focus on strengths every day are 12.5% more productive than teams that don't focus on strengths. People who use their strengths every day are six times as likely to be engaged in their job. And obviously, engagement is directly tied to productivity, improving the bottom line, and also just everyone's experience at the organization when folks are engaged and they're doing things that they are good at and and speak to kind of those deepest talents that they have, they're more likely to be engaged in and do the work and also go above and beyond. And then just kind of more broadly thinking about life because, you know, you bring your life into work no matter what it is, no matter how good you are at kind of separating those two lines. But those who focus on their strengths uh, report to have a 3x quality of life compared to those who don't. So it really does affect everything. And from the team setting, obviously, there's just so much to be said about the ways it can make a team more productive and create kind of this common language um, for folks to speak that can really help when things are frustrating or tense or whatever it may be. And I think especially right now with all the uh, the trends and buzzwords you hear on quiet quitting, the culture where people are just really quick to just jump ship and, and you know try a different uh, job out with a different company. I think focusing on strengths where you come to an employer you're working with the manager who every, who every day is there to fill your cup up, it makes it a lot harder to leave that organization, right? Where you have that, because if you're getting that there, you probably probably haven't had that somewhere else. What are the benefits yeah. for the employee to, to be in this type of a culture? If you go back to the definition of how Gallup defines a strength, they define it as uh, the ability to provide near consistent performance in a given task or activity. And that strength really comes from talent. You can't really talk about strengths without first talking about talent and where does that come from. And when you think about an employee's experience, really what they're doing is it's talent and a task that they're given in their in their work. And that's really what the output is, right? And that's what makes a business run. That's what makes a team, you know, work together. And so when someone is operating in an area of their strength, so providing that consistent performance, they're really tapping into those deep natural talents that they have. 
And so when you're operating in those areas of talent, you know, you're getting things like rapid learning, you're getting uh, flow. So you're losing track of time. You're so invested in the task that you're doing. Learning comes really fast. All of these different things that go into a strength really enables a team to, to show up more effectively because they're doing things that essentially just come naturally to them. I think there's there's a lot of definitions and there's a lot of you know research out there that backs up all this stuff. But when you really get down to the core of why strengths, why is this important, it's really allowing people to do what they do best. And it's the path of least resistance is the quickest way that I always describe it. When someone's like, what's the benefit of this? I need to know this like is you know, as soon as possible. It's doing things in the path of least resistance for for each person on your team. You were talking about the transition from talent to strength. And a way that I've heard it explained that I really like a lot is that the things that come natural to you, you enjoy doing them. So you do them more often. And because you do them more often, you become even better and better at them. What are some ways that we can recognize our strengths um, or the strengths of the people around us, even without taking a, an assessment like like the Gallup StrengthsFinder assessment? I mean, I think from an individual level, it's it's a lot of kind of the things that I was just kind of rehashing. So it's, it's the think of when you think about yourself and you think about all the things that you do for your, for your job or for work or whatever it may be, or it, maybe it's a volunteer thing that you do. The tasks that come naturally to you or the things that, you know, you feel like you lose sense of time when you're doing it. So you experience flow. There's also a sense of yearning to accomplish this thing where you just kind of feel this natural tendency is to, to see something through that's kind of that intrinsic motivation that's really kicking in that I think strikes really brings out in people. And you also see glimpses of excellence. So what that means is when you think about your life, whether that's in work or in your interpersonal life, whatever it may be, let's say you're having a conversation with a friend and you have the strength of woo, as Gallup defines it, which is winning others over. If you find yourself to be that friend that's really good at convincing somebody when you just first meet them that, hey, you know, we should be friends or, hey, we should go do this thing. I have this idea. I want to go check out this new ski resort. You know, I'm I'm in Salt Lake City right now, so I got ski on the brain. But the things that kind of just come naturally to you, the things that seem difficult for other people, but for you, you're just like, man, I've just always kind of been been that way. I've, I've always thought that that kind of pattern. It's really about an operating system that you have. And it's the things that really come easily to you, the things that you derive a lot of satisfaction from, and the things that you kind of have this endless capacity to drive to get more of it. So that's that kind of the yearning piece that I was mentioning as well. That's great. I think as leaders, it's easy to assume that because things are easy for us, they're easy for everybody and vice versa. Like Just because we find a specific task miserable, like for me, organizing is probably my least favorite thing to do, right? So I would never ask somebody to help me organize because I assumed that this was also made them miserable as well. But then I learned for some people, like they get a lot of enjoyment and fulfillment out of that. And it helped me set people up for success and just understanding the things that they were great at, the things that they found joy in. Because if there was a need on the team, I knew I could I could leverage this person to help out with that. And it wouldn't be seen as an, an over-ask, it would be seen as something that they enjoyed it and appreciate the fact I would reach out to them specifically to help as long as I was also, of course, respecting their, their right. personal bandwidth. Absolutely. So as teens are getting started on this journey of strengths, maybe they're thinking like they're wanting to reintroduce the idea 
or it's a brand new sort of a focus for them, but they see the value in it, where should they get started? I obviously think the best place to start, and I'm not saying this as a former Gallup employee, this is truly coming from a place of, I, I do think this is the best place to start is, is take the strengths finder assessment. I think it's $19.99 if, I, if I'm remembering the price correctly. I truly would start there and I would have, as, as world leaders here you know, in this chat, start with the most immediate people that you work with. When teams and organizations bring strengths to their organization, they kind of want to do this sweeping big approach that we have to become a strengths-based organization. And actually the best place to start, and this is how we would, you know, when I was at Gallup, this is how we would talk to organizations about how do you actually bring this to a company? Start small, start with little momentum. And so what I think that could look like in a very tangible example is after this webinar today, after the session today, you go take strengths, you sit with your results, you figure out what really resonated with you. And then you have the, the folks that you were closest to take that assessment as well and just have a conversation around it. You know, instead of, you know, a meeting that that you may feel like is like more of a check-in meeting, instead, can you block half of that meeting off and just say, hey, we're going to just talk about our strengths. We're just going to share a little bit about kind of what we felt as we saw those results and just start there. And it's really cool because if there, it feels like there's a little bit of magic that happens when you get everyone in a room after they've taken this assessment, you'll hear things like, this assessment knew me better than I knew myself. Or I knew that I had this ability, but I never was able to articulate it in this way. And what that's doing is that it's beginning this sort of this dialogue that I think teams really need before they start to implement something or make it a kind of common practice across an organization is just having a shared language. So having that assessment in hand and then having everyone just say, what did you think about this? What did you feel about this? You'll hear other people talk about their experience and it'll get it'll get really exciting because someone will say something like, yeah, I, I always knew I had this skill, but I didn't know how to say it. And then another coworker will be like, yeah, you are really good at this thing. I remember when you did it with this client and I just saw you really come to life. And so it, it also, in addition to kind of giving that shared language, it also creates space for us to recognize the really unique qualities in our coworkers and in our teammates. And I don't think as organizations, we spend enough time purely creating space to talk about what makes people unique and giving that positive affirmation and also just talking through, hey, I'm getting stuck here. How might we manage around this thing that, you know, a weakness of mine, for example, or this thing I feel like I keep getting stuck on. There's there's not often times I feel like when I've spoken to a lot of leaders about this, that you just simply talk about those unique qualities and how they show up in a workplace. Um, so it really creates that space to have those conversations. I love it. I also love how the the conversation around strings helps provide clarity when there's conflict as well. Because a lot of times yeah. team conflict is based off of conflicting strengths, or you might have one person who's very good at getting started quickly and learning along mm -hmm. the way. We have another person on the same team who's very good at being deliberative and like mm -hmm. taking time to process and thinking through an idea before they get started. And early in that relationship, there's probably gonna be a lot of conflict between those two people because one person just wants to go, the other person's like, what is wrong with you? We need to think about this before mm -hmm. we get started. Yep. But as the relationship matures, like those two people will probably be able to help each other out because one will be able to pull the other into action when they start getting right. stuck in paralysis analysis and just overthinking 
And the other person will help this person look at that ledge before they just jump and yeah. prevent a lot of damage, that pre pre uh, preventable damage. You know, the point that you're really hitting on here is that it allows you to appreciate some of the qualities and coworkers that perhaps at first pass, they may really frustrate you, right? So with that example of like the person, the activator who's ready to jump in and, you know, working with the person who's a little bit more deliberative, wants to think things through, there probably be friction there just because those are two very opposite approaches and, and problem solving. And then, you know, talking through the strengths-based approach, you know, you can start to appreciate and say, oh, your activator is is what's leading you to this next step or it's what's pushing you to bring us to this point when we may not be ready yet. And then you can just start to appreciate your coworkers more before you even get into problem-solving mode. You know, it, it kind of clarifies and it sets the, the you know, it, it clears the slate and it's like, you know what? This is a person and this is just the way they naturally are and that's okay. And we're going to just problem solve and work around that instead of trying to go against the grain and try to get them to do something that just may not be natural for them. I love it. Well, we had a, uh, a comment in here from, uh, from Nia yeah. Zhao and I love this reminder to focus on strengths. I'm a solo entrepreneur planning on growing a team this year. And what a cool way to, to start your team culture, like from the scratch with the idea of I'm going to be the leader that focuses on the strengths. And I would say not just for employees, if we're with contractors, like be that client that focuses on the strengths of everybody that you're working with and, and do business with, because those people, that group is going to want to work harder for you if they know you're the person that recognizes them and really understands the value that they uniquely bring. And I think that's an easy step to miss where we feel like if we hire somebody to do this certain job for us, but they're not actually employees, um, that we, we give them, we treat them differently, but I think it's an easy way to, to stand out and just become people's favorite client. Yeah. Anything else you'd add for like starting your solopreneur, if you're starting a team and you want to focus on strengths, mm -hmm. what, what advice would you have? So I would have everyone take the strengths and assessment. And I think actually now with it's, if you have a moment, Jacob, to pull up the domain grid, and as you pull it up, I'll explain a little bit about what you'll see on the screen here. So if you're starting from scratch, you know, starting your team brand new, it's really cool. So once you take the assessment, there are 34 total total themes, so 34 total strengths. And Gallup has categorized those strengths into four different domains. And so those domains are executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And when you have a chance to sit down with your entire team, you can really look through and say, okay, where are we balanced? Where do we hit all categories of these domains? And where is there imbalance? Maybe you're not as strong or maybe you don't have as many themes in the strategic thinking part of this initial team. And so what it allows you to do, it gives you a jumping off point to say, okay, we can anticipate that there will be some obstacles coming up if we have to do it you know, strategic thinking. So that looks like planning ahead. You know, what does the next six months look like for this product development roadmap? If your team doesn't have a lot of all on themes in, in that particular domain, what you will then do is it gives you this sort of roadmap to say, okay, how can we use our other strengths to mitigate that weakness, mitigate that potential risk that we may not be able to have this particularly clear vision that we can share across the organization. And so what that would do is I would say, okay, great. Well, you know, this is an example. I'm playing this out. We have really high influencing themes. 
what that would mean is that who can we talk to? Who are trusted advisors that we know where we can work with them if they have, you know, high strategic thinking skills to talk about like, what is our end goal? What do we want? And then you use that influencing thing to get them really excited about this overall broad vision that we have. But then what they do is they help us use their strategic thinking skills to put it into the context of, okay, how do you actually execute on that? So in these next six months, you've you know tapped with other resources, tapped on other people who have strategic thinking skills who can actually help take that bigger vision that you have, that influence that you have, and then put it into more tangible next steps. Um, the things that strategic thinking skills, those people who have this, those strengths hide, you know, but it, it kind of mitigates that that potential area of, of imbalance in the team. So kind of to summarize the whole kind of point of what I was just saying is, you know, it, it provides this sort of standard operating procedure, let's call it. So you know, as a team, where you can anticipate obstacles, and you can also know where you should double down. I think a lot of times we think about how we set up our teams and how we think about coworkers always from an area of weakness. We have been trained and taught since we were really young in school to think about things from a deficit-based lens, right? When you take your report card home to your parents and you have all A's and then one C, usually they're going to focus on that C. And instead, you know, if I could give a gift to anybody, if I give a superpower to anybody, I would say, help the parents, help everyone focus on what those A's were, right? If you are really good at science and maybe not so good at writing, how can we as a society help people double down on those talents and what they do really, really well, and then help mitigate those, some of those areas of weakness. And so I think it also reduces this, this chance that we're going to think about our, our coworkers and our team from a deficit-based lens and instead flip that and think, okay, we're really high with execution. We can knock these things out. We should make to-do lists. This is how we should operate. Let's really tap into our natural talents here. And so that's kind of how I would orient my team to kind of think about how to use these from kind of a, a baseline level. There is the desire when you see this, the domain sheet filled out after you've taken the strength of finder assessment to look at where the gaps are. Like, oh, we're not good at this. Let's focus on those areas. But really the purpose of this, is like, let's focus on, on what we are. Let's focus on things that we are great at and how we can leverage those strengths more intentionally. I also see that in career development where somebody will use the uh, the unorganized as, as an example. Like somebody is not organized. Let's give them a project where they have to like really work on being organized. They have to organize things. And then they fail because like they're not good at that, right? Like I think a more effective way to focus on career development and helping your team expand their skill set is give them more opportunities to use their strengths at things that they are good at but just in new ways. And then they're more motivated to come back to work and they're excited to be part of this team where they can use the things that they're great at every single day. Yeah. So if you're not the decision maker in the organization, but you're trying to introduce this concept, what are some steps you can take to potentially make that that happen? And I'm putting you on the spot here. So my individualization is really kicking in here. And so what, what that means for me is I want to ask you a million follow-up questions. I would say, what is your role? What is your team like? So I don't have that context, so I can give kind of a more generic approach. But if you would like to follow up with me after this, I'm I'm more than happy. Anyone in this uh, in the webinar, if you're interested in kind of getting more tactical, how do you bring this to an organization? I have plenty of resources I can share with you. But from a big picture perspective, where I would start is actually with yourself. So what I would encourage you to do is I would 
take the assessment and then think about a recent win that you had or a recent time where you went above and beyond or really met expectations for a, for a particular part of your role or your task, and then see if you can connect that to a strength that you have. What that exercise is going to get you to do is it's going to start thinking about, it's going to get you to start to think about the value that you bring and how strengths facilitates that value that you add to an organization. One of the things that I always say with any career development, you know, conversation that I have or any strengths conversation that I have is that at the end of the day, if I can put it very bluntly, organizations, managers, bosses, leaders really just want to know the ways in which that you add value and the ways in which that the team can continue to add value. And so by going through this individual exercise and thinking through how did you add value and then attaching that to a strength that you have and bringing that to them and saying, hey, I had this recent win and it was because I have this really acute ability to create really structured to-do lists and I created an operating system for myself to accomplish this task 20% faster. So you're leading with this value that you created. You talked about how you impacted the bottom line, but then you're also using this verbiage that's maybe different from what they've heard. And you're introducing this new layer of, of insight into yourself, the value that you add as an employee. And you're kind of empowering them with that information. And then as a follow-up, you can say, you know, I really wasn't able to reflect on this in this tangible of way or have this deep of insight without connecting this to the strengths finder assessment that I just took. If you haven't heard about it, this is what it is. I think it would be really beneficial and I would be really curious if I could have our immediate team take this assessment and just see what what their results were like so then I can understand them a little bit better. There's obviously like data you can cite around productivity and engagement and all those things. But I think when it comes to kind of convincing somebody at an individual level, start with yourself and start with authenticity because your excitement around what accomplishment you had and connecting that to a strength is going to be so much more powerful and convincing them of something than if you were to just cite a couple of stats. Because that's the difference of seeing them, you know, seeing the strengths from kind of this black and white data perspective than to actually seeing it tangibly in front of you and feeling that that spirit that really kind of comes alive when you're able to make those connections with your strengths. I love that breakdown. Actually, that was great. The only thing I would add to that is be the strength scout, like be the person that recognizes things that are going well. When you see a a specific person doing something, it just seems like it comes naturally to them, but they they excel at it. Like, don't be afraid to call that out, even if it's your manager or their their manager, right? I think sometimes we we forget that it's okay to recognize the people that are above us in an organization. But the things that are recognized get repeated and it doesn't really matter at what level that is. So if you just bring that focus to what you do, I think it's an easy way to kind of demonstrate what the strengths focus is really all about. So hopefully that helps. And then Jackie, Jackie is awesome question. I love that. Cause that's a challenge for a lot of, uh, trying to change a culture when you feel like you have this block above you can, can absolutely be challenging. So I loved your focus of leading with the outcomes. Like that's a big deal. Um, Jackie put in the chat, I love the discussion around what strengths match well and what butt heads. Um, the moments when two teammates that butt heads have an aha mo- ah moment because they were not speaking the same language or now they understand why they are the way that they are. 
I think this is one of the, the most beautiful things about strength is that sometimes understanding the strengths of the people around you and having that common language can help you understand why people do the things that they do. And sometimes it might be the, uh, we might take things personal, but then when we understand like why somebody's doing it, we understand, okay, this isn't about me. This is just how they process information. They process information in a much different way than I do. Anything you'd add to that piece as far as working through the conflict and strengths uh, with, with strengths rather? I think it kind of goes back to what I said of just starting from a place of appreciation instead of, you know, saying that, man, this is a really annoying quality of, of this coworker that I have. <laughs> instead, checking yourself, right? And saying, yeah. this this really annoys me. Why does that annoy me? I think that practice in and of itself, I have done this with everyone in my life, my parents, my friends, partners, people that I've worked with. If there are particular things that maybe rub me the wrong way, or you're just like, why do you do it that way? Starting from a place of curiosity is the best thing that you can do to manage conflict effectively. And it also just gets you in the mindset of a greater appreciation for qualities of other people. Instead of saying, man, it's really frustrating that you just jump into something without thinking through all the risks. And instead you can say, man, you know what? It's really amazing that you bring such energy and excitement to the start of a task. Before you do that, here's something that I think we should maybe do as a system that we make sure that we're running in the same direction before we start on something and we can make a checklist so we're good to go and then you can start bringing that amazing energy that you have. It just makes things a little bit easier and it makes you appreciate people a little bit more. And I think I think if we all just paused a little bit and just took some time to be like, you know what? I'm going to choose to think about how I can appreciate this quality more in somebody and then kind of then approach the conflict resolution piece. I think you approach it in a very different headspace. Um, and I think it's it's so important to take the time to do that. And you bring up such a good point that it's a small shift. Like it's the difference between why are you always so competitive? And I appreciate the fact that you're always willing to do what it takes to help our team win. Like there are small, just like small changes. And maybe there's a small piece of feedback you're adding to the end of it, right? But you're setting the foundation on the value that you see in this person. And then now here's this one little thing that we can change that's going to help you be even better. It's a big deal. And it helps you be more receptive to feedback as well, where they feel like they're not being attacked, but there is actually this person that wants to, that sees their value and wants to invest in them. Yeah. And, you know, Jacob, as, as you were talking about this, you know, it made me also think too, I, I actually have a very tangible example of this. Of this morning, I was having a conversation with a direct report of mine. I'm putting myself on the spot here because I feel very safe, you know, talking about this. And I think that's also the power of strengths is it makes you feel safe and, and sharing this information with people is I had an idea for something and I really wanted to run fast on it. There was a kind of a quick deadline, a quick turnaround. I really believed in this idea. I thought it was really exciting. And I had a, a direct report thoughtfully pushed back and said, can we pause and just think through all the possible risks here? And at first I was frustrated. I was like, ah, man, but like, this is a great idea. It's, it's, I, I have thought it all through, but in my mind, I, I had it. And so I actually, before that call, I sat down and I was like, okay, where, where is this coming from? And what's the root of this? And it allowed me to do self-reflection before I entered that space with my direct report and I led the meeting with saying, hey, I recognize that what I did here was I ran a little bit too fast. I have a tendency to get excited about something when I see the vision for it because I 
I have futuristic in my top five, and I also have competition in my top five. So when those two things are combined, it looks a lot like the activator strength where you're just like, let's go. I see the vision. I want to you know, accomplish this thing. And I led with that. And just you could see the physical kind of reaction that my my direct report had where she kind of loosened her shoulders up. It was just it created this space to be like, yeah, it's OK that you do that. I really like that about you. But I want to make sure we talk about this before we move forward with it. So it really allows leaders, I think, too, to provide this extra layer of self-awareness. So when you're entering spaces with direct reports and people who look up to you as a leader, it gives them permission to also talk about you from from your, the lens of your strengths and allows you to kind of say, hey, I, I could have done this better. And here's how. And here's where I kind of went down my own little route. Um, and I didn't bring you along necessarily. So I think that's, I think that's so important. It's, you know, it's just, it's showing that you're human as well. Um, and I think, I think that's really, really important when you're kind of thinking through, you know, problem solve or conflict with resolution, whatever it is. I just think that's so important to kind of think through uh, that, that particular component of it. Yeah. I think what you're kind of alluding to a little bit is the balconies and basements, right? Where every strength mm-hmm. kind of has at its best is what it looks this. like, yeah. but yeah. there's also this other side of it. So for yeah. me, two of my top five are uh, activator and positivity. And I saw those as I learned about these, like, oh my gosh, that's what's happening. Cause I would get this idea and mm-hmm. I would want to get started right away. The activator would kick in and then positivity would kick in. I'm like, yeah, it's going to work out great. And, yeah. um, and I realized that that's not always how it works. Like these don't yeah. always just work out great. So I learned I have to like take a step back and not fall into the naive, which is mm-hmm. kind of the basement of positivity. Um, mm-hmm. And activators like looking before you leap, like take yeah. a step back. Let's like, let's look at this critically before we get started. But I think without yeah. that language, it would have been a lot harder for me to learn those lessons about myself. I couldn't agree more with that. I, the balcony basement, uh, that dimension of, of strengths-based development is honestly one of my favorites. I think it's so important that we recognize and call out the fact that your strengths are great when they're in healthy environments and you're able to use those effectively, but there is a dark side to your strengths as well. And that can show up as, as not weaknesses, but those can hinder your ability to do something. And, you know, it's really interesting to give another kind of tangible, tactical way. The person that asked, you know, I'm starting my team from scratch. What do I, how can I use strengths to, to really kind of set us up for success? I'm going to kind of call work week out here, but, uh, one of the managers on, on the Workweek team reached out to me and said, hey, I have a new direct report starting. Would you mind just reading your top five for me and just kind of letting me know what I can look for in, um, you know, in terms of talent and potential, but also what are some things that I should be aware of in terms of those, those basements? And um, I talked about it and I gave kind of the, my, my reading of, of like the top five. And then she went and, t- and you know, talked about that with their direct report. And then that person the next day was like, Ashley, I feel like you read right into my soul. That was really, really accurate. I'm so glad that we, you know, I had that conversation with my manager because it gave us space to say, this is a potential risk that we have when working together. And it just acknowledged that right up front of saying, hey, this is where this strength might look if it's not used effectively. And so it kind of gives you these, here are the risks, right? Here, here's what can, you know, how these can show up differently. And it just created this amazing space for them to kind of talk about what that looked like in previous roles for this person and then just different ways to make that person be able to manage that person more effectively. 
Um, Ashley, underneath the, the world of strength, is there there's something that we haven't covered today that you feel like is important for uh, for for the audience to to know about and understand? I mean, I think for me, with my leadership style, and and obviously, I really believe in career development. I build an organization all around that. I think, in addition to strengths, whether it's you know working with a team or thinking about it from an organization wide level, you can't have conversations around strengths or development or conflict resolution without also keeping someone's career development goals at the absolute center of the relationship that you have with them. One of the first things that I do with any direct report that I, a new direct report I have, is we sit down and we say, okay, work week aside, everything else that, that we're currently doing right now aside, what do you want for your career? Like, what gets you really excited? What's the kind of North Star thing that you have? If you have it, you don't have to have an answer for it. But really, what is like dream with me? You know, I want to understand what's the broader thing that you're aspiring towards in your career. And then that also will help you say, okay, great. If you, you know, want to launch your company, your own company someday, if you're in a sales role now, what that can do for me as a manager is I can say, okay, great. I know as as an entrepreneur, you're going to have to know how to sell. You're going to have to know how to sell internally, perhaps to investors, Sales is the name of the game as an entrepreneur. And so when I give feedback to that that direct report, I can say, you know, I can tie in some of those concepts of saying, you know, I know you want to, you know, run a business at some point in time. Here's a really key lesson I think you just learned and and affirm that they're learning those things and they're developing in those ways that your current organization, you know, that's contributing to the bottom line here and now, but you're able to make that connection further off in their career. So then they can see why they're doing what they're doing right now and how that really, you know, contributes to that broader career vision. And then things get really interesting, obviously, when you add in the strengths component, right? Where you say, I know you want to own your business someday. I know you're in a sales role now. Here's a strength that you have. And when you combine all of those things, you know, it's it's a puzzle piece, right? It's it's you're helping people see the bigger kind of picture there. You're using strengths as a, a tool to help them you know, make those connections, have those insights and, you know, resolve conflict when that comes up. I think as business leaders, we think about our own goals, our team goals often, but when we can tie those, we, when we also know the goals and the strengths and the needs, I would even add of the people on our team, it makes it a lot easier for us to have an impactful conversation because people need to know what's in it for them when we're asking to make change because change is hard, but if we can tie it to a strength, tie it to a goal, it helps move the process for sure. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Ashley, I appreciate you so much. Everybody in this group, like Ashley said, her and myself are both available. We both are you know, passionate about career development and, and helping out where we can. So feel free to reach out, send us a message or a connection request. We'd be happy to do so. Leadership is a hard job, but there are small changes we can make to make it a lot easier on ourselves. So we appreciate you all. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening to the show. Don't miss another episode of Leaders Lens and the inside scoop on becoming a great leader. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love Leaders Lens, please tell a friend. 